0: Hi everyone. Before we jump into today's bonus episode, I wanted to say a big thank you for tuning in. So many of you have reached out and asked, how can I support Behind the Smile? Well, there's a couple of ways. The first thing you can do is hit the follow button on whatever app you listen to the show on. The second thing you can do is share this podcast with three friends. The more people that follow this podcast, the higher it ranks and the more people we can reach with these stories. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you in advance. Now let's kick off this week's episode. Welcome to Behind the Smile with Ash Butters, a podcast designed to reveal the truth behind the masks we wear. Together, we look to demystify the human mind and its behaviours in relation to mental health, trauma and addiction. My name's Ash and I'll be your host as we uncover the real stories of people's pain and the steps they've taken to live a life of freedom in recovery. From sobriety to spirituality, join me each week as we uncover the reasons why people seek recovery and how their lives have changed By living one day at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Smile. Today's guest is Robert P. Robert has been sober since December 20, 1992, and is on the committee for the upcoming Worldwide Secular AA Conference on Zoom. Robert is passionate about the history of AA, and I'm really looking forward to being educated on a topic that I know very little about. So with that, I'd love to welcome Robert onto the show. Robert, welcome to Behind the Smile. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks, Ash. All good. Brilliant. I'm so excited to have you here in the studio. Before we dive into our topic today, I'd love for our guests to get to know you a little bit better. So can we start off with where are you from, what does an average day look like, and what do you do for fun?
1: Okay. Well, I was actually born in Dublin, you won't notice by my accent, but mm. we moved to London in the late 50s, so that tells you how old I am, uh, and I was due to come to Australia as a £10 pom. and that was the idea. It didn't happen, and um, I ended up getting to Australia in 2005, and um, I came here because for the last 40 years I've worked in international health, HIV, tuberculosis, Zika, recently COVID, and also a part of you know, the harm reduction movement uh, worldwide. Uh, and with a with a notion that you know harm reduction is a wide spectrum and if people want abstinence, we should be giving them abstinence. If people want drug substitution, we should be giving them drug substitution. So similarly there's no no one size fits all. And I think that's exactly what I want to talk about today around the involvement of secraa and, and, and how it can contribute really to the recovery process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What well, a fun
1: day. Yes. Fun days, Walking along the canal to get here, I love that in the sunshine, walking my dogs, lots and lots of physical activity since I broke my wrist five weeks ago, but I like biking, running, cycling, bought myself a brand new kayak one week before I broke my wrist, but hopefully, oh, no. hopefully that will happen <laughs> in the near future, but no, I, I, yeah, I'm very, very, very happy living in Melbourne, love the city.
0: That's brilliant, have you, have you done much travel since the world opened up?
1: Uh, well, I travel for work, so I've mm. traveled for 40 years and um, I travel. I'm out going up to Papua New Guinea in about three weeks' time on a project on antimicrobial resistance, which is all part of the um, dynamics around problems like COVID. So I travel for work, but I go back to the UK every year because my two older sons live in the UK. So I've got lots of friends back
0: there, so yeah. I wow. Do. Now, you got sober in 1992. Yeah. I'm not grilled with math. Tell me, how, how many years sober have you been? Well,
1: that's 30 and a bit.
0: That is 30 and a bit, isn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah. And I was actually working in California. I got sober in San Diego. So I got, I got sober in some very powerful, strong meetings where they talked about stick with the winners and find the solution. And that's always been my mantra. And uh, mm. when we talk about secular, a, I'll, I'll let you know how that's fitted into my own recovery as well as uh, giving – you know, giving people an option for another route into the recovery process.
0: Let's dive into it then. I'd okay. love to know, Secular AA, it's, it's relatively unknown, uncharted mm. territory for a lot of people within the 12-step yeah. community. Should we kick it off with the history? Okay.
1: Now, here's something that's interesting. If I was to say to you, Bob Wilson, no, that's Bill Wilson, and Dr Bob, you probably know who I'm talking about. But if I was to say to you, Jimmy Burwell... And Frank Pankhurst, I wonder how many people would recognise those names. They were involved in the early days of AA in the 1930s. They got sober with Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob. And they were two agnostics and atheists who were involved in the writing and editing of the big book. And it was they that actually convinced the writing committee to include God as you understand him. I'm afraid they got him in there. And then also to... To, to say that the 12 Steps are just a suggested programme because, as many people will know, you know, the AA came out of the Oxford Group, they came out of the Washingtonians, but the Oxford Group particularly was very much a, a right-wing fundamentalist Christian group. So a lot of the the way the 12 Steps were, were shaped were as a result of the four absolutes of the Oxford Group. So these two guys, Frank, um, Frank Pankhurst and Jim Burwell, they were very, very um, significant in the history of AA in giving a space for the atheists and the agnostics, who might not find the same kind of comfort in you know, the notion of a God, a you know, personalised God. So this notion of you know, God as you understand him was a direct result of the early days of the atheists and the agnostics. And they've always been engaged in 12-step works and, and, and the 12-step history. The early, the early um, agnostic and atheist meetings in the US ran about the 1970s. And when you look at... Um, particularly Bill Wilson and his statements around AA being a, a broad church, that's really where we, we, we need to think about the space for the, the, the free-thinking atheists and agnostic meetings. Mm. Uh, and actually, there was a very significant moment at the 30th anniversary of AA in 1965. There was a huge convention in Toronto. There was something like 10,000 people there, 21 countries represented. And that's when the... Um, responsibility statement was created, you know, f- the statement that's often used at the end of secular and AA meetings rather than using a prayer that says, you know, I am responsible when anyone anywhere reaches out for help. I want the hand of AA always to be there, and for that I'm responsible. And the reason that that was introduced at that conference was to broaden out the reach of AA, to be far more inclusive. And mm. I could, I've could, i spent a lot of time in my own kind of journey into this sort of secular corner of AA. Or secular segment. Let's not call it the corner. It sounds like it's out on the bridge The fringe, <laughs> this sec, secular segment of AA, um, where you know Bill Wilson, particularly, because often people will refer to Bill. You know, he wrote the big book. You know, he's one of our founders. Of course, he was. But he also spent many, many uh, opportunities to talk how we mustn't just stay seated in the 1930s. That we must broaden, broaden our approach to what we understand about alcoholism, mm. and that even the suggested 12 steps. He had no problem in those being um, uh, you know, adjusted to people's needs. The first example were the Buddhists. And I think that was around about the 1950s. When, when, we, when the IH began to expand into Asia, the Buddhists said, well, actually, we don't have a concept of a personalised God. Can we put good in place of God? And they did. They put good in place of God. Mm. Um, one of the jobs I've had here in Australia for three years, I worked on Aboriginal health, and I was working in Aboriginal communities. And I went to some of the aboriginal meetings and there they have their own version of the steps so one of the issues that let's call them the traditionalist in aa had against secular aa was that ah you use different steps and in fact that's the truth of it there have been adaptations of those steps used at different meetings and there was a seminal moment in canada in 2010 as recently as 2010 and i'd be interested how many of your listeners know this very significant event that happened in aa so in 2010 the ontario um, um central office delisted two aa meetings one was called beyond belief and i think the other one was called we agnostics they delisted them because they were using different versions of the steps mm. just where they've taken out god and put in something it might be for example in one, one version of the steps, instead of god it says you know and um. Uh, but the wisdom and, and the example experience of others. So, you yeah, know, be mm. guided by the wisdom and example experience of others. They were delisted, and a number of the members of that group said, we, We're not going to be pushed outside of AA. We're going to be a part of AA. We don't want to see ourselves as, as, as outside. And they took AA to the Ontario Court of Human Rights. They have one. So, Ontario wow. has a Court of Human Rights. And they won the case. It took them seven years. They won the case. Now, I've been sober. I was sober. I don't know about you, Ash. I was sober in that period. No one told me. I never heard that story. No. I no. never heard that story. But what it did was, and this went back to New York, it meant then that that group, the secular group of Alcoholics Anonymous, is an integral part of AA. And just like we've had, you know, over, over the years, there were, there were issues around people of colour, women, you know, gay, gay and lesbians you know transgender there's always been this d- debate within within AA about you know uh, to what extent can those groups create their uh, their own meetings mm. now as i said bill wilson said many things along the way and, it, and and you know tradition 3 again was is extremely important the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking mm-hmm. and then there's the tradition around what constitutes an AA meeting and where two alcoholics get together they can create a group and bill wilson i could i could actually get the direct quote but i won't do that at the moment he actually said and At one point, the, it doesn't matter if you're anti us anti-religion, anti-the steps. You can do what you like. You can form a group, and if you say it's a group, it's a group. As long as you are not impacting AA as a whole, mm. as long as you're not, you have no outside affiliations. And it's really important for me to understand when I did my reading around this because I only, I only fell into the, um, the, 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 the 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 secular portion of AA in COVID. I was just beginning to do a little more reading around, just, more, just for my own Step 11 stuff, as in, you know, broadening my own spiritual path. So I started reading a bit more broadly. I started reading about the, you know, the Buddhists and the Taoists and the Quakers and, um, and the agnostics. And when I got onto the agnostics, I stumbled across this website called AA Agnostica. Sorry, AA Agnostica. And that had the whole history that I'm describing here whole history was there Mm. and then I thought to myself well that's interesting I've I've always I've always defined myself as an agnostic in AA Mm. and I've actually managed to use that um, um, step two as a power greater than yourself you know yes God as you understand him unfortunately use that gender term I've always managed that and I've noticed a lot of people who are you know not of a religious belief or or, or don't see themselves with the personalized god call them what you might agnostic atheist they're all just terminologies for someone that doesn't have that direct belief mm. i've managed that space very successfully but what i became concerned about you know that fake it to make it sometimes what i was concerned about was people who might actually not be able to manage that space, who see God on the wall and for whatever reason turn around and walk away.
0: And you hear that time and time again, don't you? I walked into a meeting, I saw the God word and I instantly decided it wasn't for me. That's right. They go back out, maybe never to return. Exactly.
1: So the motivation for me behind A, getting involved in the sort of secular side of this and then B, setting up a meeting in Melbourne, which I'll talk about in a minute, was exactly that, Ash. Those people who don't have the opportunity to get recovery because they're put off by the God word. Now, a lot of people in AA will say, well, actually, you know, they may come back or you know, when they hit their rock bottom, they may come back. But we don't know that because mm. they don't. And I've talked to a number of treatment centers. and I've, been, I've, I've spoken at a, a couple of treatment centers where exactly that problem arises, where people say well, they think it's religious. Mm. And interestingly, in, it's gone through court cases in America where it has been defined as a religion. I don't know if you know that, but that's that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's interesting, where where people who've been mandated to go to AA rather than to prison said, no, you can't mandate me to go there because it's religion. Often American meetings end with the Lord's Prayer, and it's been through the courts in a number of states and has been defined as religion. That's neither here nor there. We often talk about being a spiritual, not a religious program. But if if that's how people perceive it and they turn away, we don't know what happens to those people. Mm. So that was part of the motivation and then what I did personally, I started going on to the, uh, to the Zoom meetings and to realise that there are now, on a weekly basis, there are 700 Zoom meetings around the world. A lot of them out of Canada and Northern America, but also Australia, um, uh, England, Ireland, right across, right across the globe. And it's got a, a global reach especially when COVID kicked in and Zoom, you know, Zoom was a huge part of it. But there are also now, as you mentioned at the beginning, you know there are and there have been live um, um, secular um, conf- conventions. There's this virtual convention coming up probably around October and September. And I've just gone on to the committee for that to, to help shape that. We're also trying to put a pamphlet together because the other thing that has been knocked back continuously is a pamphlet that actually defines and describes Secular ia so that's something that's in progress at the moment mm. and i don't want to suggest that there's been uh, any blockages there but there certainly has been uh, a problem in getting that across the across the line in terms of the you know the the the, the, um, the, the literature committee and then onto the onto the conference floor so that's something we're looking at at the moment
0: and um, what would be the kind of information that i would read upon in the in a secular AA pamphlet well what
1: it would do it would do a number of things it would say a do you realize these meetings are available and they're all over the world and uh, uh, they th- they don't have a focus on a personalized god secondly it will give you good reference points where if you want to look at the literature in AA where and, and the traditions and the steps in AA where this is something that is is viable as a secular option. As I said, Bill Wilson was continually saying we need to be more inclusive, we need a, a broader church, a wider pathway, and there should be inclusivity, so there'll be that there. And then just you know, saying this is not outside of AA, that's the really important thing. It's an integral part of AA. It's a, it's a part of AA that's growing, and and I would, I'd like to suggest that it's a very significant part for the future, because if you look at any surveys around the world, you know, Many people don't have a religious leaning anymore. They don't have a notion of a personalised God. If we're trying to attract younger people, if we're trying to attract a new cohort of people that don't have a religious belief, we need to have that opportunity within us. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and I should point out that there's a, a wealth of literature. There are, you know, there are there's, a, there's, a, there's an excellent book by um, two women, um, um, McClelland and A.L.S.G., and, and who wrote... A 12 step option which is like the 12 by 12 but for you know for, for, for atheists agnostics and free thinkers wow and that's totally fair that's totally available um i, I actually looked into you know when people often say well that's not AA approved literature which it's not because all ia approved literature is it's gone through the process and gone through the conference and they just check that it doesn't uh, it conforms to all the traditions but if you look at the, there was a statement just in March of this year gone by saying uh, by the Central Service Office in New York, the World Service Office mm-hmm. in New York, that just because we approve of literature, it doesn't mean we disapprove of anything else. So yes. groups are autonomous. So, for example, the group that we have on a Thursday night now, we use um, a book called Beyond Belief: Twelve Step Musings for Free Thinkers and Agnostics and AA, which is a bit like the Daily Reflections, but uses a really a really wide ranging of daily quotations. So you'll have mm. Mother Teresa, John Lennon, um, uh, uh, politicians. You'll have philosophers. You'll have you know um, philo- um, th- people with different sort of belief systems with a recovery message. But that was written in ni- 1992. So it's you know mo- a modernized version of. Um, mm. And if you, unfortunately, if you look at the daily reflections. Of the 365 daily reflections, 247 or thereabouts are fo- got, have got are God-focused. Mm. So, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that, um, and maybe it's a long-winded answer to your question, but there is a, that, that. There needs to be in AA if it's going to if it's going to if it's going to survive into the future, it needs to move with the times. And part of the times are a non-Christian secular recovery program that also doesn't pretend and you know even in the book Alcoholics Anonymous it says you know we don't have a monopoly on this business you know Mm -hmm. we don't have a monopoly on this business of of recovery and I think that's what secular AA is doing as well it's looking at some of the new thinking around AA you know what does neuroscience tell us about AA you know what other other recovery programs Mm -hmm. whether they're abstinence based or not tell us about people's options for recovery. So mm-hmm. to my mind, and that's why maybe at the beginning and why I'm interested in, in, in speaking to you, Ash, is I think we need to get that message out, mm. that it's part of AA. It's, um, it's, it's, it, it, and again, at, at the meetings that we have, if you want to come along and you've got a, a belief in, uh, you have a particular religious belief, that's fine. Yes. But you don't actually promote it in the meetings. No. Not, you know, so that's,
0: Playing devil's advocate, yeah. what would you say to somebody who says... But you don't have to use the God word. We yeah. we say that it can be a higher power of your own understanding. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's that's absolutely fine if that works for you. That's mm-hmm. good. But it doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't even when you say let's use it as an acronym. Good orderly direction. Great outdoors. Group of drunks. You're still actually using the God word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a, there's a very there's another book by a guy called Jeffrey Munn. Called sober without God, and it's uh, again, it's a sort of a twelve-step um, reader which mm-hmm. was created particularly for um, free thinkers, atheists, and agnostics, without using the God word at all. Mm. Okay, so it's a good good point, and th- uh, uh, let, let me say, in terms of the the, 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 the the standpoint of the secular AA world, it's not to deny anyone's belief. Mm. that's that's surely that's the whole point of recovery you you find your own spiritual path and or not you know there's a the sort of the the free thing that like our meeting we read out the AA preamble but you also read out the free thinkers preamble which basically says you know you can have any belief you like but we're not going to promote any one particular system look you know and, and I think in America it's probably more pronounced where there is a lot of focus on You know, using the Lord's Prayer, for example, it's hard to say that's not actually promoting any particular, you know, corner of of religiosity. Mm. Uh, And, you know, it's just to give people that alternative. And I think, as we were saying a minute ago, it's really about giving people an entry point into recovery Mm. rather than coming to see God on the wall, as some people do, and never coming back again.
0: Yeah, I think it's what I love, what I'm hearing here is it's not about secular AA being the right version of no. AA and, and and the current you know, program is wrong. That's not what you're saying here. It's like there's space for everyone yes. in the playground. Yes,
1: absolutely. Not only is there space for everyone in the program, um, there's another book that I've read where they, it looks at 20 very vari- it's called The Little Book, ironically, it looks at 20 variations of the tw- 12 steps that are being used worldwide. So, just to give you an example, like agnostic, free thinkers, practical steps, um, humanist steps, uh, Buddhist steps. There's a whole wide range of steps. But they all pretty much say the same thing. And, and, and the suggested 12 steps, remember, they're suggested only. Mm. And that was something that um, uh, Frank Pankhurst and Jim Burrell was very clear about, because that wasn't what Dr. Uh, Bill Wilson was going to do originally. Uh, they, that, they got suggested. That's one. right, because was,
0: Bill was quite keen on... Ha- Almost saying, follow the program this way or you'll die. Oh yeah,
1: and he also there's another thing that they took out of the original um, edition was step seven said get down on your knees and humbly asked uh, God to remove these shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And the the, append, what's also interesting, and this came from the, 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 the agnostic and the atheist camp, when the first version of the big book came out, it didn't have the appendix about the spiritual experience okay you know the one appendix two that wasn't there. that's my favorite part well now here you go they said we got us because when it says in the in the people say that how these first hundred recovered well the atheist camp said that isn't how we recovered we didn't have the same experience we didn't have the white light experience Mm. we didn't have the connection to god and if you read we agnostics which i when i first read the big book I which says we agnostics that's good it basically says You may have been an agnostic and an atheist, but if you pray hard enough, we'll cure you (laughs) of it. So what they said is you need something, and this is where Appendix 2 comes from, that will actually give people a notion that you don't have to have this Oxford group come religious experience. And it says you will find an inner resource. Mm. So, And here's another thing that I think is really important to stress, that in, and, and as you said, Ash, it's not saying this is the right or the wrong way, but it's saying, you know, find whatever that might be for yourself. And where step 11, to my, my mind, is incredibly powerful, it talks about that spiritual experience. Now, as we all know in the modern world, it, the spiritual experience can be very, very wide and broad. You know, you, talk, you, know you, you look at some of the sort of, you know, the Buddhist traditions, it's all about, you know, finding that recovery or finding that spiritual space from within. Mm. The Taoists say the same thing, you know, that it's about... Following the Tao, the path, mm. and I love. I, I'm going to throw this in because I love it. I mean, I when I when I I still use the serenity brand, but instead of using the word God, I use Tao, as in the Taoist, So mm. because the Taoists believe that before gods and people there was the Tao, which is the way and the path. So before we came onto the show, well, only sixty thousand years ago or something. There was the Tao, the universal energy. So what I'm saying there is the secular world gives people an opportunity to find their own pathway. Mm. And they may find God. Mm. They may find God, mm. but not like smack in your face. Mm. You know? um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm probably overstating the case as well. I mean, of course, there's plenty of people that find the middle ground. But I suppose just going back to what we were saying about the motivation is to is to allow those people a different landing into mm. the program.
0: Mm. So for somebody listening today who has maybe never stepped foot inside a 12-step meeting, mm. what would I come to expect attending a secular okay. AA meeting? All right.
1: The first mm-hmm. thing you do, the first thing is there's no prayer. There's no prayer. Uh, the second thing is you will you, you may well see or hear about a different variation on the steps. I mean, often in meetings you'll hear that. Um, I would suggest anyone interested as well just to go on to the Zoom meetings because there's a real variety of meetings there. You may well get people talking about other literature outside the you know, conference-approved literature, but equally well, and I've been to many meetings like this. There'll be a focus on the steps, mm. and someone will say, will lead lead, and they'll say, "Well, actually, I'm going to use the humanist step, or I may use the step straight out of the big book." It's in, it's a very a mixed bag of experiences. But I suppose with them the, the main thing is there's no one focus on this is the way to do it. You know, you'll often hear a meeting, you know, it's the twelve steps and the twelve traditions on the wall. But you probably will find like in our meeting on a Thursday, we do actually have the suggested and we call them the suggested 12 steps and then we have the free thinkers 12 steps on, on the wall as well. And we use some of the other literature that the more that actually more modern literature that's come Mm. out of the recovery communities
0: so tell me step one for instance we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and our lives had become unmanageable is that the same Mm. in a free thinkers
1: it it, it pretty much is it's Mm. not always verbatim Mm. but it's the same notion and i I think what you find that this is that's something that that occurred to me when i read through these 20 various iterations of the steps are being used around the world it's still they all say the same thing you know Admit your powerless... You look at Russell Brand's Fuck It Steps, for example. Admit your powerless over this thing. You've got to find some way of doing it outside of yourself. It's not a bad idea to do a bit of inventory and all the chaos you've caused. It's a good idea to share that with someone because that actually gets it out of your own head. Look and see what what ways you can improve your behaviour. Do that on a daily basis. If you want to find a spiritual path, find a spiritual path. And then... Put those whatever principles you've got from this, put them into practice and help someone else. So I've said that whole thing without mentioning God once. So yeah, and and if you look at all those variations, they'll say this. Even the Russell Brand "fuck it" step says exactly that. Yeah, I'm sure you could say "fuck it" on your. Oh, you can say "fuck" as much as you want on this podcast.
0: What I love about this is I speak to a lot of people who aren't in recovery, and they'll ask about my journey, and I'll explain. What it is, what it means to me to be part of a twelve-step fellowship and, and the work that goes into it and the program that I live mm. by, and they say that sounds amazing. I wish I could do that, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, well, what's stopping you? Yeah, 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 you don't yeah. have to mm. be overcoming an addiction or yeah. a process. Like you, yeah. it, it, anybody can live by this, and yeah. it's such a powerful framework as we call it, a design for living that really mm. is applicable for anyone. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and if you, you know, during COVID, I gave myself permission to read as much as I could about everything, um, and like I said, I went through you know, a wide range of different belief systems, philosophies. I mean, I, I was born in Ireland, so I looked at Celtic mythology. And you know what, Ash, it, uh, our twelve-step program is not original mm-hmm. on you. you know, a, it comes out of the Oxford Group. That comes out of somewhere. And it all as you, that, those 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 principles are very uh, very universal. You know, live in the present. Think about other people, you know, clear up, clear up your mess, get a bit of a spiritual connection, whatever that might mean mm. to you. And, you know, for me, I don't know what your experience was, but I've, I think the recovery process has been transformative through those steps, mm. turning me from a very destructive person to a very constructive person. You mm. know? Um, and I think, as you said, yes, it is. I mean, I think it helps particularly for our colleagues because, you know, getting into that framework, having been at some sort of rock bottom where you're in chaos, you need some structure. And I think that's where the programme is very powerful. And I do know people, and it's used, you know, how many – someone said there are a hundred, literally hundreds now of tw- variations on 12-step programmes so mm. right across them. Mm.
0: Um, yeah. Of course, yeah, you've got CODA, oh, Al-Anon, awesome. no. I mean, we could yeah. go, yeah, on GA, program. everything. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know a little bit more about the role that women have played in AA. And right. I've heard you share about this from the floor before, but I'd love for our audience to hear, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there was a key female around that time that mm-hmm. Bill and Bob were putting things together, no. but th- those voices are relatively That's unknown. Right. That's
1: right. The history of AA is very interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, um, but there are, like um, I said, Frank Pankhurst is a good example, Jimmy Bell. But there is an extraordinary woman called Marty Mann. Margaret Mann was her name. And, it, and I think her, her story, she's the only woman that is actually in the first edition of the big book. Her story was called Women Suffer Too. Because mm-hmm. as we all know, Bill wouldn't let Lois write um, to the wives. Or yeah. She wanted to. Why write.
0: was that?
1: Well, because, let's get real here, that really is Bill's um, step four around his infidelities to Lois, because Lois, Lois was the woman who set up Al-Anon. And that's talking about women's role in, in, in recovery. Al-Anon was extraordinarily powerful, and that's an extraordinarily powerful program
0: for and people. And for anyone listening that doesn't know what Al-Anon is, it is a similar program to AA, but it's for loved ones affected yeah, by an alcoholic right. or addict.
1: And you don't even have to be loved ones. You know, Anyone affected by alcoholism or addiction, so mm. it can even be people in AA who are working with other alcoholics. Mm. But that was what Lo- so, um, but, 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 um Marty Mann wrote the, her story in called Women Suffer Too," and she was an incredibly powerful voice in the recovery history in America. Not only did she, was she involved in the first ever 12-step program, rehabilitation program, but she went on to, was involved in something called the Hearst Law, which was the first law in the US which actually began to frame addiction in terms of health rather than as, as criminality so she was very wow. powerful and uh, and she was sponsored by bill w actually but her her story if you it's a beautiful story um in fact when i read first read the big book there's one line that i memorized and it was actually strange enough as you ask me from from marty man where she said and um, she talked about her recovery and she stayed sober for many many years she said that we are peculiarly qualified to help those who stumble and fall in this business of meeting life. I thought it was so beautifully poetic. Mm. And yet she's, mm. a. and that, again, I don't know how many of your listeners in AA have ever heard of this woman. Mm. Yeah, and she was, you know, she was in the, and she's on YouTube. If you're interested, you'll see some really interesting um, uh, clips of her and talking about, um, you know, the, the, the recovery and, and, and alcoholism and addiction in the, in the US. Yeah. Mm. And there's more, there are more, there are more women, there were a lot of women around at that time but they, again you know it was a man's world it was a man's world mm. and that's why we you know, we talk about the founding fathers well you know what about the founding mothers i <laughs> mean marty marty man was a founding mother she was a pilot she was there from the beginning
0: wow that's amazing turning back to secular aa for a moment if i've listened in today and this has piqued my interest and i want to check out a meeting you mentioned there's a lot on zoom so wh- what do people do there
1: okay i'll tell you that the, there's a fabulous um link called www.worldsecularaa and uh, maybe it's world world i think it's world or worldwide secretary and that gives you all the meetings around the world in your own time zone so mm. uh, and as i say there's 700 a um, a week uh, in melbourne this is uh, there are two um, live meetings, one on a Tuesday and one on a Thursday, and I want to say this because I was I was wondering when we put our Thursday meeting up, which is seven o'clock at um, uh, Our Lady of Lords Armadale Church out the back. And um, um, I can't tell you how helpful the office was in getting that onto the website because I was wondering if they if, if it'd be tucked away in mm. secret, but they were incredibly helpful. And it's there, it's up on AA Times. So there's two in Melbourne. There are a number of, of Zoom meetings. Uh, there's, there's, there's one on a Friday out of Melbourne. There's one on a Saturday out of Canberra. There's one on a Monday out of Adelaide. And there's another one midweek from New Zealand. I hope i have got mm. them all. But they're, yeah, they're, 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 So maybe dip your toe in there and see what you think.
0: I have to ask, what was the thought behind putting a secular AA meeting in a church?
1: Because uh, it's it's fine because it was the, the space that was available. We had two criteria, we where three criteria. We wanted a room that was big enough to grow in. We wanted something that was on a tram stop. We wanted something close to a train station, and we wanted something this uh, that's you know, on a Thursday this side of the river and. Um, it's okay. You have plenty of meetings. Good, good question. But That's the thing sorry.
0: though, isn't it? Like it's really, you it's can space. you see look for the similarities or the differences. You, right. You're either going to like no. it or you're not. And That's it's right. it's whether That's you are willing to open your mind yeah, exactly. to something new and different. Robert, this has been a phenomenal education session. Is there anything else that you wanted to add on the topic of mm. secular AA?
1: Mm. I, I, maybe just the one point that I think is worth stressing. Secular AA is an integral part of AA. It's open to everyone. It's about inclusivity. It's totally in tune with the origins of AA and, or, and AA's traditions about making AA available to the broadest group possible and to make AA an inclusive organization that's going to grow into the future.
0: Mm, it's a powerful message. Thank you so much. Pleasure. We say here on Behind the Smile that when we recover loudly, no one needs suffer in silence. So thank you for giving us your time today, Robert.
1: That's a pleasure. Thank you.